Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Today, my guests are Anne-Marie and Roger Jackson of Through the Sea. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Pete. You bet. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Well, we're very young and we've been married 20 years. What? Yes. Isn't that crazy? No. Yeah, so we probably were like, what, 10 when we got married? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Roger keeps reminding me that I am in my 40s and he's still in his 30s, but he will only be able to say that for a few more weeks. Yes. (laughs) We're parents of two boys, Milo and Finley, and we've been living in Seattle for 13 years now. Moved out here for jobs, uh, both designers by trade. I'm an industrial designer, Amory textile designer. Uh, Both got moved out here for specific jobs and kind of never looked back since. Yeah, we had been working in London after graduating university and um, that was such a crazy rat race. We we Mm. did love London and it's a great place for a young couple, but as we wanted to start a family and move up with our careers, yeah, we put a a fleece out there and uh, it came back really wet because it was in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) It was a soggy one. (laughs) We exchanged one grey rainy city for another, but we love Seattle and yeah, we've been here 13 years and we've grown our family here Mm -hmm. and managed to twist my parents' arms and they live here now as well. My sister actually is in Portland, so we're taking back your country one person at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Obvious accents. Um, I'm sure the audience loves the British accents as well. We all do. Um, where is it that you all grew up? Yeah, ironically, like 20 minute drive apart, but not knowing that until we actually met at art college. So I'm from a small town called Thrapston, uh, about 3,000 population, kind of a country village. Amory's from. I'm from Northampton, Northampton, which is a market town, which is about 60 miles north of London. And it was the capital of shoemaking industry. And so oh, yeah. we provided all the shoes for the world. So wow. um, it's a busy little market town, um, but it's not quite London. Hmm. It's still countryside. They call us the Cockney Farmers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. On the table here, we've got a huge selection of um home goods mm-hmm. from a company called through the sea and i recall having lunch with you all in <laughs> august yeah where this was more than a dream mm-hmm. but not a reality no now it's a reality Yes, now it's real. And uh, I said it's a bit like pregnancy, that something's growing. You don't see it for a while. And now we're, you know, we're about to give birth. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll see 
how it goes. So the name of your new company mm-hmm. is Through the Sea. I've mentioned that several times. Uh, and I think the Instagram is Through the Sea. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Which is one of your primary. And I think your website is throughthesea.com. Yep. Right. No, it is. Let's talk about Through the Sea. What is Through the Sea? So I'd worked in the um, home design um, for Nordstrom and anthropology and Land's End and fashion. And um, that's where I got my industry experience for designing tabletop goods. So Mm -hmm. I'd created a lot of beautiful linens and bedding over my career. And I'd always wanted to start my own line of print and pattern driven um, products. Um, so we had this desire, but we didn't really have the why, why we were going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and I knew that there were things that were really important to me. I love the sea and the ocean. Being from England, we're an, you know, we're an island people. Mm-hmm. Lots of water. <laughs> lots of water. And here in Seattle, there's lots of water as well. And right. um, my nine-year-old at the time was saying to me, he's like, oh, mummy, I've got a good name for you. And he cracks open his Jesus storybook Bible um, to the Exodus story. Mm-hmm. And it talks about um, God taking his people um, on a path through a sea. There is oppressors behind them, and they don't know how they're going to make a way forward. But we believe in a God that can part the waters and make a way. And that's a bit yeah. like our business. We didn't really know what we're doing. <laughs> and we... <laughs> Making it up as we go along, yeah. for sure. <laughs> we knew the design side of things, yeah. but we didn't know very much about production or marketing and... Um, business, finance. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we've managed to make a way. And we have, yeah, like you said, some lovely products in front of us here today. Tell us about the actual uh, products that you have here today. Mm-hmm. So we are launching with uh, a small subset of products. Our two hero products are the tablecloth and the placemats. And they're, they're hero products because they really are symbolic of what we're trying to achieve with our home goods. And that's making life both beautiful but uh, simpler and a l- little less chaotic. So they're our hero products because they're wipeable and just really easy to clean so Mm. the idea is that um, with many tablecloths they live more in the laundry than they do on a table Uh, and this is a laminated tablecloth which makes it uh, spill proof and waterproof Mm -hmm. and wipeable so family life um, with our bio kids with our foster kids uh, it's it's never clean (laughs) it's life is typically messy Uh, and so it's it's a product that just lets you kind of enjoy dinner times not stress about the spills that happen with orange juice and things like that you just wipe it up and carry on Hmm. and similarly with the placemats they're wipeable as well but they're also heat resistant uh, which is important to us because we do a lot of our meals as family style Mm -hmm. so we kind of bring the cast iron over to the the table lay it Mm -hmm. down so these are up to 280 degrees fahrenheit so what is this what it feels like a hard board of some sort with a design it's a a eucalyptus board with a melamine top which makes it heat resistant Mm -hmm. and has our beautiful print on it and then they also have a cork backing which makes them non-slip as well wow so how many um designs so you is it the four designs that you have for yeah we have kind of the two uh prints Okay. Lush Life and Terrazzo. And okay. then we have two colorways in each. I see. 
And I think it's important to say that you can find, you know, wipeable tablecloths on the market. Sure. Um, but most of them are really bright, garish colors. And the print and pattern is not always sophisticated and modern. Right. And because I have a design background with wonderful companies like Anthropology and Nordstrom, you know, I know what consumers want. And we don't necessarily want prints of bananas and cherries all over our table. <laughs> Um, so our prints are really, really sophisticated and mm-hmm. they complement each other. We like the idea of be, people being able to personalize it a little bit so they can mix and match. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like print mixing, which they also they call pricksing. Um, <laughs> okay. So I want people to be a little bit playful and not so matchy-matchy. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes how family life is. Mm. You know, family is sure. not just blood. Family is the people we love. Sure. And uh, it's a mixing of people's histories and um, heritage. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And all these designs are just really beautiful and very uh, compatible. I mean, obviously, you're a... You guys are pros, so <laughs> you know what you're doing here. Yeah, the creation of the artwork was a labored over experience. Um, often when I worked in industry, I'd only get like a day to create a piece of artwork. Um, whereas these, some of the, the Lush Life print, which is our tropical print, um, it took me a couple of weeks to make. And mm-hmm. That's because I want the print to have longevity and to be really classic so that it doesn't go out of fashion and it isn't mm-hmm. disposable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that you can see that. We care about the details. Mm. Yeah, I'll add in terms of caring about the details, the materiality and the longevity was something key to us. Uh, we could have used alternative plastics in terms of the laminating process that either wouldn't have lasted as long as the one we've gone with uh, or they have um, chemical challenges to them like PVC which is yeah. a common plastic that we use but that's yeah. chlorine based and that's not something we wanted to do so uh, all of our products are certified kid and food safe which was important to us as well and also the placemats are handmade in the UK 20 minutes away from where yeah. we're from so we really love that that we're supporting um, industries yeah. in mm-hmm. countries where things are moving away mm. from you know manufacturing tends to be all out of China these days mm-hmm. and I love that I can pick up the phone and talk to Sue she's got the same accent as me so I know what she's saying with right. the, you know with the tone of her voice and um also, with the tablecloth, it's the cotton is grown in the USA, it's printed in the USA, and then it's laminated here, So, and then sewn in Seattle. Yep. Well, you don't... I think that's not very common. Um, just, I recall when my kids were younger, looking at things and saying, does everything come from China? Yeah, I think we could have done it definitely cheaper out of China. Mm-hmm. Um, but we care about the details and we want to have kind business practices and we right. want people to have an ethical living wage yep. um, that are making our products. Mm. Got it. I'm curious about the actual launch plan. Mm-hmm. Just from a yeah. sort of a business and marketing perspective, what, what does that look like? My experience working as a design consultant in a lot of design and technology fields, Mm -hmm. um, crowdfunding has 
been something that's become more and more commonplace for a lot of startups. And so with my experience, it just seemed like the natural first step for us to go with a crowdfunding option. So we're launching through Kickstarter. So I had a bit of experience uh, through my previous company with that. We'd done a campaign on that that was successful in the past, and we've had clients use it as well. So that made sense for us. Hmm. So is there a is there a date when you're going live with Kickstarter? We hope to go live on Monday. Yes. Um, you have to get your your proposal approved and i think that's all approved now and yes now it's just a few minor tweaks and then in terms of the marketing thing it's just lining up the right people to make them aware that the campaign's going live at the right time and hopefully getting some buzz from that and then we'll see where we where we end Mm -hmm. up and kickstarter is um a place that lots of designers spend a lot of time finding newness and you know ethically based businesses Mm -hmm. so uh, we really think those are our tribe that's our people Mm -hmm. that are going to sort of resonate with our story yeah yeah kickstarter is uh i've funded a few things on kickstarter Mm -hmm. there's some great great products on there yeah Yeah. i've seen and it's it seems like a and it seems you're very far down the path i mean you already have products sitting right in front of me so it's not like we have this idea so we're going to go into kickstarter it's like no we have this idea We've got all of our partners lined up, ready to go. So we just need to say, okay, the Kickstarter was successful, and now we need to order this much. Everything is approved, and, um, yeah, we'll just place the order as soon as it finishes in December. Great. The advantage with our product is that we don't have big tooling costs that a lot of kind of technology products would have. Right. Um, So in terms of our goal, it's it's pretty reasonable and it's really about ordering the inventory that we have, but that we want mm-hmm. to start selling. So Kickstarter is in some respects kind of a, uh, a scaling slash financing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, solution. Yeah. 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 For you in this case, that's great. That's, I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to see the campaign. We'll be sure to have links to the Kickstarter campaign as soon as it's live. And I'm sure if you follow, uh, through the sea as well, you'll see the, links i'm sure you will be all over social media yeah, we'll be posting and reminding everyone probably daily on the <laughs> <laughs> instagram yeah. and the stories great great so why and maybe you've touched on it a little bit but why did you start the company now okay well that's a deep question we get deep real quick so um Two years ago, we started fostering uh, the process to become foster parents, and we've had four little girls in our home over the last uh, 12 months, and we realized very early on that the system is so broken. There's brokenness within the biological family. There's so few resources. Social workers' turnover is very, very quick. Um, people get burnt out. Foster families... Um, usually last a year and a half because there's very little support. Um, And I said to Roger, we just have to leverage what we have in our hands right now, which is our design skills, Mm -hmm. to um, 
serve these kids from hard places and bring awareness to their plight Mm -hmm. and the crisis that we're in in the United States. There is about half a million kids in the foster care system in the USA Mm. and about 100,000 children waiting for adoptive families. And Mm. it's just heartbreaking. These are real kids that should be in families. Yeah. Yeah. So... um, when with our story, um, we had one little girl that was with us for seven months who we really loved and mm-hmm. adored. It wasn't easy by any no. mm-hmm. stretch, no. Mm-hmm. It was the toughest year we've had. Yeah, sure. it was a really hard year. And uh, we didn't take any respite. We, um, we didn't have many resources. We didn't have experienced trauma therapists. I think we didn't even acknowledge the word trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of just a child needing a safe, warm place and, yeah. um, you know, a parent. But they've faced r- real adversity in their life and seen things that children shouldn't see, which causes um, damage to their brain. And uh, their brains do not work in the same way as a normal attached child that has not experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. So we had standard therapists that gave us standard parenting advice, which didn't really work. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, it added fuel to the fire. So we got to the point where we called our agency and we said, we really don't know what to do. And they said, okay, we're going to go away and we'll get back to you. And they called us a day later and they said, we have a family that has more expertise than you. They've been fostering for a couple of years and we're going to move that little girl. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated. It was like someone was taking my child away. Mm. It was like a child had died um, and I shut down for yeah, it was a dark time it was really dark time and i know it was mm. really hard for her because when she went to this new home she did not transition well and that so-called expert family only lasted six weeks oh. and she moved again so at this point my ears were open to um finding out about dealing with trauma and mm-hmm. national angels came to light as an organization that started by this wonderful woman, Susan Ramirez, out of Austin, Texas. And what they do is they aim to minimize the moves that foster children have by providing mentorship, um, intentional uh, giving, and community around children in foster care and their caregivers. And I thought, that is exactly what we wished we would have had. Mm -hmm. If we would have had that support, then maybe this little girl wouldn't keep moving from place to place. And so we started a dialogue with Susan, and we got on like a house on fire. You know, our ideals just really were running parallel. And the really exciting thing is, is they're growing so fast and they have, how many chapters do they have? They're, they're going to be up to 30 in the new year, I believe. Yeah, so Susan's vision is that every major metropolitan city has a chapter of National mm-hmm. Angels and Seattle's getting one in January, Excellent. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, so if you're a foster family and you're needing that ex- extra support, I'd encourage you to reach out to National Angels. Um, See if there's a chapter where yeah, you're at. Yeah, find your local chapter and um, learn about TBRI, which okay. is trust-based 
relational intervention, intervention. (laughs) which is really good for um, dealing with trauma care. Okay. Yeah, it's a different type of parenting. I mean, we'd been foster parents uh, for maybe nine months in total. Yeah. And I think it was just that realization that although we're doing a great thing being foster parents, was there something else that we could do on top of that? Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. where the discussion of like, well, how do we use our gifts that we're using for other purposes every day for our employers at the time? And we just started that discussion of like, well, is there something we could do as designers that could help the problem? I think that most people don't know that there is a foster crisis happening in the USA. Mm-hmm. So even if we speak up to that, um, it's a call to action for other foster families to step forward. Mm-hmm. You may be empty nesters. You could be um, a single mum. You don't have to be married um, to be a foster family. And we need people to stand up. And also... The reason we started with these tabletop goods was because we do life around the table and we believe that everyone is welcome to the table, Mm -hmm. no matter their opinions, their color, their gender, everyone is welcome Mm -hmm. to the table. And um, so it just felt natural we start there because Mm -hmm. a lot of that healing we had with our foster daughters was at the table. That's where they shared their stories. That's Mm. where we prayed for their biological families, um, all the members by name. That's where we fed them really yummy home cooked meals Mm -hmm. that got their nutrition um, up. And yeah, it's really hard as a family to get everyone together Mm. if it's really not around food. Right, 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 that's true. (laughs) Typically, people want to come together when there's food. Exactly. Kids are all in their separate rooms and it's hard to connect our bio kids with foster kids and just start some of that relationship building. And so the table, I don't know, just became this... Very symbolic, right? Symbolic meeting point for everything we were trying to achieve with our family. So one of the things that I... I probably should have prompted you on is um, this statement here on the front of the postcard. So, what you want to tell us what that says and yeah, it's a bit how of that a, came about. Bit of a slogan: "Home goods that do good." Um, we had a, a a business coach, uh, which was a free service uh, through Score Score in Seattle, mm-hmm. and we were going back and forth with ideas. And he was like, "You've really got to try and distill this." down a bit more simply mm-hmm. uh, and that's where the home goods that do good kind of tagline came from and it's yeah it was him he was like you are basically just home goods that do good that's it and i was <laughs> like oh thank you we've been racking our brains over that for some now time. there's there's uh <laughs> and, and i think there's one thing you didn't mention is that i saw somewhere that there's actually a uh there's a charity piece of your company yep yes so why don't you tell us about that so once the kickstarter is finalized and we launch our own website then we um will be giving 10 percent of our profits to national angels because we really believe in what they're doing mm-hmm. and foster families really need their support yep so the funds how they're used by national angels it costs around 75 dollars to get a child into their love box program. Okay. And then once they're in the love box program, they're basically paired with a, a small group of volunteers mm-hmm. around six to eight people that consistently come around that foster family. So not just uh, 
the foster kid itself, but the entire family, any other kids they have in mm. the home, and they they do those points that Amory was talking about. So in terms of intentional giving, mm-hmm. the foster family are able to say, hey, this month we're in need of, and it could be shampoo or socks, you know, the anything like that. that any- or maybe the kid is about to start um, soccer season yeah. and they need shin guards or whatever it is. Yeah. And so they're getting intentionally purchased gifts for the, yeah. for the specific task. And then they, these volunteers come around and help in terms of the respite that the foster family needs they can come in we heard a fantastic story uh, down we were at a recent charity gala for national angels and one of the stories we heard was this child that was really struggling the mu- the foster moment time was really struggling with some of the behavior mm-hmm. and some of the destruction that was happening uh, in mm-hmm. her home mm-hmm. and uh, the love box crew the volunteers came around and said hey we know of a boxing club locally let us come down we'll pick up mm-hmm. the the boy yeah uh we'll take him out he'll yeah. do the boxing and then we'll take him out have him fed and then we'll bring him back so not only was this kid able to more appropriately express themselves yeah um but the foster family was getting kind of a three-hour window to themselves Uh, some of that respite that they can have with their own bio kids and things like that and as a result the the kid is not having those destructive tendencies in the home Mm. their attention they've come off their medication which Mm -hmm. was to try and stop that behavior yeah their concentration has gone up in school Mm. their grades have gone up in school and i think it it just speaks to the power of when you have volunteers it's it's not a big ask right we're talking like an hour or two a week yeah but that can be monumental in a kid's life that hasn't had those opportunities Mm -hmm. that hasn't had that community uh those mentors to really show them a different a different way Mm. forward and we we're fully aware that not every family can be a foster family Mm -hmm. yeah um but there are ways that we can all help foster children so that might mean going into a school and saying hey Mm -hmm. are there some kids that need reading with or you know buying the socks for the love box there's so many ways that we can serve and Mm -hmm. these are our children those are all members of our nation so we need to Mm. Yep. Step up. You can also buy home goods that <laughs> provide funds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can Absolutely. support through the sea. And I think you'll find lots of education and resources on our Instagram and yep. website. That's a big part of it as well, is us just bringing greater awareness to the problem, but also pointing people in the right direction mm-hmm. for, for ways to help. Mm. That's so. That's such a powerful story. Are you ready for the crazy success you're going to have with this? I don't know. Well, it's uh, we're quite apprehensive yeah. because we've really invested everything. And uh, like I said, it's like a, a third child or an, and we just don't know how it's yeah, going to turn out. Yeah, I guess that was, <laughs> that's part of the story we haven't discussed really was how we got the funds to really start this and the time. So as we mentioned earlier, we moved out here for jobs. My yeah. job... Uh, was a, with a company called Teague and I'd stayed with that company for the entire time in mm-hmm. Seattle. It was 11 mm-hmm. and a half years. Wow. I had aspirations oh. of taking the CEO's job in the, in the future. Uh, I had no desire to leave, was super content and we were doing 
I mean, we were just working on some incredible projects yeah. for Amazon, Google, like all all the Starbucks. big tech companies you can imagine up here in Seattle, Starbucks. Um, and it just came about that we'd had a rough period uh, financially and we were going to have to make some cuts. And it, yeah. and it really dawned on me that I was going to have to be a part of this. Hmm. Um, and sure enough, it came around, uh, ironically, on Good Friday hmm. uh, is when I heard the hmm. good news. Um, <laughs> I was I was given never an could understand why they called it Good Friday. Yeah, I was given an appointment for early Monday morning, a one on one, and I'd I'd really process what that had meant, especially over that weekend. So sure enough, Monday came and I had the the black envelope yeah. with a, a severance package in front of me, and I yeah. was being laid off. And I think I don't know. We we've tried to look at it as a positive mm-hmm. uh, from the get-go and yeah. really seen it as an opportunity it's like okay it's yes. maybe going to take time to get a new job mm-hmm. so what what can we do with the time that we have and the severance package that we have i mean we could we could be wise maybe and uh, save it or invest it or mm-hmm. do those other things or Blow it all hide it under hide it under our bed for a <laughs> rainy day, or blow it on tablecloth and place. Or take off and go to Hawaii for a few days. Could have done but that. But it was really a blessing <laughs> because I had been to the point where I was wanting to start a business, and I had the name, and Roger had already designed the logo for me, and I was really frustrated. And I was like, I want a business partner that can really help support the design process, mm. but also is a little bit more. Um, process orientated than I am Mm. and so I'd been praying about that and I wanted someone who had the same kind of faith as me who cared about children from hard places and also was an expert in their field and uh, that was the answer I guess Roger Jackson (laughs) came to work for me full time and our our family therapist we that we use um when we have, you know, foster kids and dealing with grief and loss, she said it was such a, she reframed it for us. Mm. Um, It was such a wonderful opportunity for us to have time to deal with that loss of the little girl Mm -hmm. and to regroup with our kids and um, Mm -hmm. just get ready for the next placement. So really it has been positive all the way around, um, but challenging Mm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like, being there for so long and doing that commute every day yeah. downtown, you you forget about the simple things in life that you can miss out on, like just riding the bike to school with the right. boys. Uh, and so the summer was awesome for that. Like mm. I really got to just bond with them. And simple thing like a five, ten minute walk or bike ride to school and packing their lunches, like all those things that I was up and out of the house and then I was getting back in late with the job um it's been a blessing on that front as mm. well so it's brought maybe some peace or more peace or just uh a zen or just uh, uh i don't know maybe i mean it a sounds health, like a I crazy think, adventure I, think a healthy, you guys here. I don't know a healthy balance yeah some balance and some excitement and some stresses some unknowns <laughs> we i mean we are winging it as as we go <laughs> we're all winging it roger real life, real life. <laughs> let's be honest here aren't we all winging it so 
Wow. That is an amazing story. And I, I just have no doubt that uh, it's going to turn out just, I mean, it's already turned out. I mean, we met in August and you didn't have any of this stuff yeah. here. And now we're... We had a mood board yeah. with yeah. some pretty pictures. <laughs> and now we've got all this uh, materials here. So it sounds like a crazy journey, um, but a uh, just a journey that it's, it sounds like you're doing it for all the right reasons. Right. Yeah. I want everyone to have a stylish table. I want people to be encouraged to invite people to their table, feel competent um, at hosting. And, you know, we've been the foreigners that, you know, have had to be on the outside when we moved to the States. So we had people invite us for Thanksgiving and Mm -hmm. host us. And and I would like other people to extend that as well. Um, from their table and make people feel welcome. If I were to give you both a reset button, what's the one thing you would do differently? That's a hard one. I mean, (laughs) not starting fostering. (laughs) 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 Putting the blinkers back on, maybe? No, no, not at all. I think... um, I think it has changed our hearts and expanded our hearts and we've grown as individuals. We've um, become more compassionate and less judgmental. You first get into fostering and you think, well, how could these parents do this to these children? Mm -hmm. And this shouldn't be happening in America. And then you realize it's cyclical and they have Mm -hmm. been treated the same Mm -hmm. way. And your judgment falls away and you Mm. just, it's replaced with compassion and um, judgment is not going to help anything. So I think if we could have had a layer of compassion from the beginning, um, I think that that would have been, that would have served everyone a lot better. Yeah. From a business perspective, maybe a little tough to say just yet maybe in a few months we might <laughs> we might be like hindsight will save it up will teach us something that we should have done differently uh i think google is amazing right yeah like <laughs> we uh, i have googled so many things from uh making sure all our labels have the right uh requirements legal. on them all the legal stuff i yeah i mean i spent a day just reading washing instruction legal requirements right and it's not like we know people right it's just we know google and and we know how to type stuff in so uh that that's been huge for us wow but um we'll come back yeah we're gonna interview guys again after this kickstarter is fully funded (laughs) and you know part two yes Yes. for sure part two so what does business done well mean to you so the title of our podcast is business and life done well i kind of leave the interpretation open but i would be just i'd love to hear what you all think about that yeah i've been curious about that because i've been part of corporate america for the last 15 years and i i you know starbucks just had 350 layoffs yesterday at their corporate office and um that can be brutal and we've mm-hmm. all been parts of layoffs and and I said to a friend is there a way to do your business so it is in a line with your core values and I think our core values is people really matter mm-hmm. everyone is equal 
people are given a purpose in life mm -hmm. and um, we should help people see their purpose and help them to be able to walk in their purposes. And so I think business done well for me is treating people well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all about people. Mm -hmm. And I love people. Mm. So that's why, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think of some of the principles we've tried to build this company around mm -hmm. is trusted kindness and for us specifically creative mm -hmm. as well so yeah. to think through problems creatively find the right solutions treat people with kindness whether that's the vendors that are helping us to fulfill this whether it's on the opposite side of this when we start sure. having customers and sure. how we respond to their needs mm -hmm. kind uh, to the environment kind to the environment so the choices we've made in terms mm -hmm. of the materials and all of that mm -hmm. uh, I think that helps us sleep well at night mm -hmm. knowing that uh, we are trying to tick as many boxes as we can mm -hmm. um, and that helps us in terms of that business and life done well mm -hmm. is finding that finding that balance and knowing that we're being honest with ourselves and authentic mm. as we move through this yeah um in the arts and crafts movement um honesty and truth to materials was really important i think we've got away from that we have an awful lot of things posing as one thing when it's something else and so with our product i wanted it to have this truth to materials so we're using really lov lovely fabrics we've got the linens we've got the cork um and you know our tablecloth it's not just a flat plastic it's got a nice linen sort of slub and feel to it mm -hmm. so truth mm -hmm. to materials and true in our business practices and transparency mm -hmm. honesty mm -hmm. honesty is the best policy that's what my mum told me <laughs> who inspires you and why hmm. I'm really inspired by some of the foster parents that are doing the really hard things that don't give up um I've got a particular friend who has two kids of her own. She's adopted two girls from China. And she tells me I'm never done. And she's mm. had uh, three foster daughters. And, you know, she continues. She does the real hard work. We, we're just designing. We're making things pretty. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm inspired by those people who really are impacting lives. Yeah, I think when we think of the brand and things like that it's people that have paved the way for us to be able to do the things that we're trying to do so you can think of uh, toms mm -hmm. in terms of that yeah really pioneering that kind of profit for purpose mm -hmm. business model i think of um tom shoes yeah yeah okay uh Elon Musk as well. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not some of his work ethics. I know he. I know he's kind of a twenty-four-seven kind of guy. Um, but the that desire, that craving to say things can be done differently, and we can impact the world in a positive way mm -hmm. by finding finding alternative energy sources um, and showing that. If you communicate clearly, if you care about the quality of the product you're bringing to market, then people will buy into that because people do care about the details, they care about that. And I think the success that 
Tesla has had in the automotive industry, I think you will see them have a similar impact in solar in terms of the mm-hmm. roofing business. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're mm-hmm. fully aware of what he's doing there, mm-hmm. but I think people like that that just challenge the status quo in terms of how things are done. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Design matters. That's something that we always say. Design really matters and it can change the world. Um, we're unique as humans because we are always creating and we're made mm-hmm. um, to be creative. Right. And, you know, animals, birds just make the same kind of nests over and over again. And, yep. you know, we can think through the problems and, um, yeah, it's a really unique process. Yep. Are you guys ready for the wild success? I mean, I'm... Well, we've already got a lot of friends and family that are standing alongside us mm-hmm. and cheering us on. There's been so many yeah. people that have been part of that process, so we're really thankful for them. And, yeah, we hope we have massive impact. We really want to be able to support National Angels at their initiative to mm-hmm. wrap that community around kids and family in care. So mm. we had better be successful. We've got a really big problem on our hands yeah. here. Yeah. in the US so yeah. this is one way to tackle it and this mm-hmm. is just our way of tackling it we're using our skill sets right. to just make an impact mm-hmm. this is all I know how to do make mm. pretty patterns and color things so <laughs> that's what you get that's right. the way I serve this right. issue <laughs> but you're one of the world's top experts at it i mean you know i mean just looking at these patterns it's it's amazing i what think you've so, done here. I'm maybe a bit biased <laughs> <laughs> i do love what i do <laughs> what is what is one book that you all would recommend um i really like imperfect courage by jessica honiger and okay. um in that she has a business called noonday collection and it's a socially conscious fashion brand and um, her story also involves adoption and she just encourages everyone to go scared we're all scared we all have fear but march on forward anyway and she's got some really wonderful stories and insights in that book Mm. yeah yeah this one um, might be a little out of left field but uh, Pete Carroll's Win Forever is <laughs> it's a good book. Uh, I'm, I am a big sports fan, uh, but I think what Pete really centers on, and you can apply all of the principles to a business as well. This isn't about making your sports team win, um, but the the clarity of having a philosophy, living it through day by day in all the choices that you make is critical. And I think that's something... Um, even if Amory wouldn't admit it, it's maybe a, a, a trait or a character we've taken on board mm-hmm. with this is that mm-hmm. we do have a, a good sense of what we're trying to do. And it's, it's impacting every choice we make from the place that we choose to get our cardboard boxes from, mm-hmm. from the type of print we're creating, from the mills that we use, who is sewing our product. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of options out there for all of those services but being clear on our philosophy, being clear on what we're trying to achieve and the ethics and the authenticity behind it is leading us to clear choices in each of those options. So it's making some of the decisions easier. Yeah. Yeah, because you have a philosophy that you can fall back upon. Right. And I think, um, and also from a personal standpoint, I just, 
if you have the opportunity, even just to watch Pete Carroll's press conferences, uh, I make a point of doing it just from, um, this might sound weird, but a people management skill set. His ability to talk about uh, the entire organization, whether that's the, the kit guy, the star quarterback, the owner, um, he there's an authenticity to the his relationship with each of those people and how that manifests with the words that he chooses and mm-hmm. the way that he praises and builds those people up to achieve what they're fully capable of achieving. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we're hoping to do in people as well. We're we're here to encourage others um, that foster care can be an option for them. They can be foster parents, and mm-hmm. if that's not in the path then we have other avenues and other statistics and and ways to impact uh, kids in foster care i think we both really loved um bob goff's love does as well yep and um we can get at times preachy um but that's not going to help anyone it's actually you know taking the bull by the horns and doing something, mm-hmm. getting some skin in the game and taking a risk and doing something. So we really love just doing something now in faith and just being like sure that we have um, a father in heaven that is with us on this and he's doing this with us. So we're just, mm. yeah, it's a great mm. read. He's very humorous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great book. Love does. Um, I've had an opportunity to hear him in a very small group of about 40 people at the Pepperdine law school. Mm-hmm. And, um, he just is super inspiring and incredible uh, storyteller and, and a little weight, wacky, crazy. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a plan and he just goes and does stuff. And I think that gave us a little bit of confidence because we were like, okay, we can work this out as we go because you know you can get ahead of yourself like who's going to do fulfillment and who's going to you know you know who our retail partner is going to be but just slowly tackling things and working it out Mm. as you go Mm. so if we wanted to step alongside you all and help out what are the what are the best things I, i i think i might know the answer but i'd love to hear it from you all talk about us on social media and thank you for having us here to (laughs) do this podcast um purchase our products Mm -hmm. we'd like the opportunity to be able to host um gatherings where we speak about foster care and our experience and then also sell our products Mm -hmm. i think meeting with people face to face is really powerful and making connections. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I love people, so really, it's just an excuse to meet yeah. more people. Yeah. <laughs> You're, by the way, Anne Marie is just smiling really big here. I know <laughs> you can't see it on the audio, but big smile. I'm a number seven. Big smile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Enthusiast. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That's the enneagram. I don't even know if I said it right, but yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure where I fit on that. Um, I'll get back to you. Roger's a number nine, so he's a great supporter. To Apparently. Have. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, uh, do you buy into the Enneagram? Uh, I filled out a quiz at the request of the wife, and that's as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she is very much uh, 
enthralled by the concept of it. Let's say that. Yeah, I'm learning more. Yeah. Good. So, it, kind of in closing, what 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 else do you want to tell us? Is it, was there anything else we haven't covered that you really want to share with us today? Mm, buy some products. <laughs> Love some children from hard places. Also love their biological families really hard. They may not have had that before. That looks like making them a turkey box, sending them flowers, telling them you're, you're with them and you're for them because there's nothing more magnificent than seeing a family healed and reunited. Well, thank you all for coming today and being on the podcast. I'm just honored to have you here today. Thanks for having us, Pete. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.